So we have two different topics that we'll be working at today, if we get to the second topic. I'm about sure we will, but I'm going to have to get there fast because it's, gonna, it's, it's a very difficult topic. But I'll tell you that the second topic, I'll just come around and tell you that it came from people responding to me and people talking to me. And that's in regards to how do you overcome a broken relationship? You have one flesh, and this one flesh is completely torn and split into pieces. Is there any way that you can be healed? How long does it take? Does it take five years, six years? Does it take six months? Does it take, you know, what does it take to overcome that broken relationship? So as you can see, that's going to be a, a, a huge topic, and it's on the books today. <laughs> uh, I'll just tell you that we might get out early or we might get out late. It all depends on how much, you know, how much time we really even take on that first topic. So to, um, to think about that, be thinking of some questions, because after this first topic, we'll um, offer you guys um, some questions to try to get an understanding of what we're going to talk about um, in regards to this first topic. How to create a healthy marriage. One flesh relationship. How do you create a healthy marriage? You're thinking, okay, I'm struggling in my marriage. Okay, I need this. I should do this. What should I do? How do I get this healthy marriage? Let me give you one verse that has absolutely everything into it to have a perfect marriage. <laughs> Isn't that good? One verse that has all the resources that if you could just take this one verse and do everything perfect. You have to do it perfect, though. It has to be done perfect. But do everything perfect in this one verse, then your marriage will come alive. You will be so in love with your mate. You'll be so connected with your mate. You'd be so happy with your mate. Your mate would be so happy with you. Everything was just good. If you could just obey this one verse. And I will tell you that this is the only verse they had for thousands of years after it was written in regards to marriage. And this is a verse that kind of carried in, kind of, completely carried into the New Testament. And as it carried into the New Testament, big wigs like Jesus <laughs> kept using this verse over and over and over and over again. Other big wigs that were writing scripture kept using this verse over and again, and that would be Paul, you know. So this is a verse that carries so much meat and to have a healthy relationship that do it. And if you can do it, your marriage will come alive. Here it is, Genesis 2. Therefore, a man should leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh and they were both naked and they were not ashamed a fix all to every marriage what's a fix all leave cleave and get naked <laughs> that's it it's, it's good leave cleave and get naked if you come in and you say i have marriage problems i'd sit down and i'd counsel you i'd say all right leave cleave and get naked and they that's all i'd say and then they would leave and they'd say, okay, we tried it. And it, didn't, it, it didn't work. Well, I just say, you just didn't leave and cleave and get naked enough. <laughs> you got to leave and get, cleave and get naked even more. And then, then, then your marriage would turn alive. This verse, literally, I believe, is the complete foundation of complete happiness in a marriage. Leave, cleave, get naked. Maybe we should ask a little bit what that means, though. Because if that's all I was going to counsel somebody, leave, cleave, get naked, they wouldn't completely understand the dynamics of it. They wouldn't completely understand what we're talking about. They wouldn't completely understand how this works. So let's look at it a little bit. Number one, this is what you need to do. There's three things. 
actually there's two. I'll explain the naked part in a little bit, but I'm not going to explain that yet because it would blow my whole system out of the water. So <laughs> number one, be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. When you hear the word cleave, the word cleave um, means joined, close, stick, understand, hold on to tightly. So when you look at the word cleave, when two are coming together, they're going to create one flesh. How do you create one flesh? You stick, you join, you come closer, you come more a part of each other. The only way that can be done is to do what? Is to be vulnerable. That's the only way. So what happens when you get married, you are starting something new. You have sex, completely vulnerable, on the wedding night, but you are now starting something new. And the thing that you are starting new is you are growing in this one flesh relationship. What am I growing in this one flesh relationship? How do you cleave? How do you make that actions take place? How do you make this happen? What you're doing is you're gonna share your heart with that person. You're gonna share your mind with that person. You're going to share the things that you love with that person, the things that you don't love with that person. You're going to share the, 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 the corks in life that bug you, the corks in life that don't bug you. You are going to get your heart closer and closer and closer and closer to that person. And what is that going to do? That's going to generate love. It's going to generate a bind that this is a person that I've completely and entirely resided into. It's going to generate healing because I've completely resided into past struggles that I've had, past broken relationships that I had in the sense that I just want you to know me. I want you to know my heart. I want to know where my, uh, our lives. I want us to know every point and every part about us. But when you're vulnerable, what are you doing? What's the word vulnerable mean? The world vulnerable means you're capable of being wounded when you give yourself to this person. So you are literally giving yourself emotionally, spiritually, and physically to this person. But when you do, the word vulnerable is I am empowering this person to hurt me beyond all others. But when I do this, I'm also empowering this person to love me beyond others. That's what cleave means. What happens is that when you get extremely vulnerable with somebody and you, and you say, this is who I am, and you grow in this, this is what I'm doing, this is where my mind is at, and you grow in that relationship, your love will grow, and the reason why it will grow is because as soon as you are vulnerable with somebody, the other person becomes your mate. What does that mean? Becomes your savior, becomes your confider becomes your what happens is there's a connection that grows so deep and so strong in that the, the the topic of vulnerability that we call it the greatest love you can possibly ever happen that could possibly ever happen and do you know what it's a picture of it's a picture of christ so what takes place is that when we go to Christ and say, God, I am a loser, I am lost, I need this, and you are vulnerable to Christ. I don't just say vulnerable in prayer. There's this word confession. The reason why we want word confession out there is because you are giving him your ugly heart. You are giving him your ugly mind. You are giving him your corks. You're giving him your direction, and you're moving that, and what does he do? 
He saves you in the result of it. He loves you in spite of it. He cares for you and protects you and is concerned for you in the process of it. Do you see what salvation is? Is You are moving to God and giving yourself to God, everything you have to God, and when you have, he's your, he's, I almost say he was your savior. He is your lover because that's what you call love. That's what you call one flesh. I'll tell you some bad news. There's, there's a problem because I just explained the most beautiful piece the most beautiful piece of a relationship. I, actually, I'm going to say there's a couple big problems in this. But let me explain one of the problems first. Is that sin entered the world. And when sin entered the world, something happened with that relationship. Something happened with that vulnerability. Something happened with that being completely known. Something happened with that being completely loved, being completely connected, being completely understood. Let's look what happened. Genesis 2, 25. The man and his wife were both naked, and there was no shame. There was a connection there that you call love. <laughs> there was a connection there that you call the depths of love with no shame, no problems, nothing whatsoever, nothing but beauty. But what happened? Genesis 3, 7. Then the eyes of them both were open, and they realized they were naked. So what did they do? They sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. What did they do? They all of a sudden put walls up. What is the most beautiful sense of love? The most beautiful sense of love is not to be out here emotionally, is to be here and growing in that process. But what happens is that when they sinned, shame took place and they said, we cannot get into that process. We cannot move into this concept of falling in love, this deep love, this deep harmony where we are completely known, completely understood, completely connected, and so they sit out here. We gotta cover ourselves. We gotta block this. Why? Because it's shameful. And I can't give myself to that person because if that person understands me, that person wouldn't love me. I can't give myself to that person because if that person knew my heart, that person wouldn't like my heart. If that person knew my mind, that person would judge my mind. And so what we do in our marriage relationships is we go right here. It's like, okay, now we might, we might filter around in here a little bit. But what happens is because of sin, we don't get this so deep anymore. Why? Because there's that shame that keeps on pulling us apart. Genesis 3.10, he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so what did you do? You hide. We're not falling into that deep love, that extreme deep love that God has planned for us. Why? Because we're hiding. We don't want to show ourselves. Why? Because showing ourselves is, is, is scary. Showing ourselves would pull us back because of shame. We're scared out of our mind to do it. Genesis 3.11, and he said, Who told you that you were naked? You have eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat. Then Genesis 3.21, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and then he clothed them because they had so much shame that was in there. It's funny, you know, we're only in, you know, three chapters, and in, in this whole story, naked is mentioned one, two, three, four, five times. Naked, 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 naked. Hmm, what's it talking about? Things it's talking about is there is shame in us that is not allowing us to do what? To get connected. 
there is something in us that is blocking us to embrace this beautiful, complete, majestic love that God has designed for a husband and a wife. Um, I would tell you that a sermon that I'd preach is, hey, you, everybody, I would not preach is, everybody be vulnerable. I just tell you I would not preach that sermon. I'm just giving you an example of the most beautiful love that you can possibly have if, for the mature, you choose, to, you, choose, you choose to do it. And the reason why I'm just giving you the piece of that is, again, it is the most beautiful love that Christ has with you. I am completely shamed, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to move towards somebody, not your mate, this is God, I'm going to move towards somebody that will not judge me, that will not condemn me, that will embrace me in spite of who I am, that would love me in spite of what I do, that would be committed to me in spite of absolutely anything that takes place. See, that's a picture of God and his love, and it's a picture of the ultimate love that we can have with our, might, our, our mate. Number A, the depths of love can only come with the depths of, a vulner, of, of vulnerability. Um, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is if you really want to be in intense love where your heart is throbbing, your heart is passionate, your heart is, is connected, it will only go as deep as vulnerability. It will only go as deep as much as you talk, as much as you get to know each other, as much as you share life together, as much as you connect with each other. But what happens in marriage relationships, and I'm talking about you marriage relationships, there is not that connection. And because there is not that connection, we stand out here starving for love. And then we start thinking, is there somebody else that can love me like my husband is not? Is there somebody else that can love me like my wife is not? Why? Because we have not chosen to come like, like, like this. So the depths of it is the depths of the love that we will have. Uh, letter B, love nothing and you'll never be broken. Love something and you give a, um, and you're at another person's mercy. A lot of people in their marriage relationships um, don't give themselves away. And the reason why is because they don't want to be broken. If you give yourself away, you are giving that person power. I heard a comment that I'll never forget, is that when you get married, you are giving somebody, I'll just use my example, I am giving my wife power enough to ruin me. But I'm also giving my wife power enough to make me, power enough to ruin me. What do I mean power enough to ruin me? I tell you that if we're in an argument and we have an argument and um, we're messed up. And what I mean by messed up is our day is not good as we separate from each other. If our relationship is broken, how well do I function in my job? If our relationship is broken, if our relationship is shattered, how well is my attitude? How well is my behavior? How excited am I? It's all anchored to that one relationship that Things could be happening in this earth, but if I can go back to my wife and lean and work and say, I love you, even though all this stuff is happening, I can survive. But as soon as my wife and I go, oh, are at wits end with each other and we start pulling back, then nothing else matters. Why? Because she carries such a power, and I've given it to her to break me. 
but she also carries such a power to make me. <laughs> I am half the person that I would, I am twice the person that I would be if I did not have my wife, if I had my wife. How do I say that? However it goes, it goes backwards. My wife makes me good. <laughs> and, and vice versa. You see that connection that has taken place when she gives herself away and I give myself away? We become this unit of strength where we're leaning, we're loving, we're connected, we're, um, as we're doing vulnerable, that love piece is taking place. And if it breaks, then, um, then like the whole world is crushed. So love comes. I just explained it. Comes when you are vulnerable. Love comes when you cleave. Love comes when you share your heart, when you share your life, when you share your body. That's when love completely comes. I want you to look at the back of your notes. Because uh, looking in the back of your notes, this is kind of an explanation. It says, questions to ask. This is just giving you a, a shallow statement of conversations that you can ask with your mate to say, you know what, we need to know each other. We need to be vulnerable. We need to give each other. You can go a lot deeper than these. These are shallow, and I will tell you there's a reason why we're not going deeper. And I'll tell you that later. But there's a reason why we're not going deeper. Here is a whole bunch of shallow things that you can just start with. Ask simple questions. If you could change only one thing in your life, what would it be? You know, I did this with my wife, and she gave me answers. I'm like, what? Are you serious? I, I didn't know that. I'd like to change my husband. No, she didn't say that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but what you're doing is you're exploring her, her heart, her mind. What you're doing is you're not living outside anymore. You're saying, give me your heart. Give me your mind. Give me your understanding. Other things, in a regular day, what would you do to find yourself thinking about most? What's going on in my wife's mind? Yeah, I wouldn't know unless I, I asked her. You see the simple conversations that you are not no longer outside of this relationship, you are actually moving in stronger towards the relationship? What things in your life would bring you the greatest pleasure? And what, what's the answer to your mate? Can you answer that directly? Well, you can't just answer it directly unless you've asked the question. If you're asking the question, what are you doing? You are moving beyond this and you're starting to go like this consistently through the relationship. These are questions that we should be asking our whole life. What things do you look forward to in every day? This is basic, shallow questions. Again, not deep, and I'll explain why they're not deep yet, but basic, shallow questions. I want to cleave. And if I want to cleave, I've got to make it happen because the extent that I cleave is the extent that I will fall in love. And the extent that I choose not to cleave is the extent that I will not fall in love. But remember what you're doing you're giving that person power. So there's just an exercise in the back. Well, there's not um, one thing you need to do, there's two. And I'll explain the last one here in a second, but there's two. You need to cleave, and I did it backwards, I did it backwards for a reason. You need to cleave, and then number two, you need to leave. You need to leave and cleave is the way it goes, but the reason why I did this because it functions more, uh, it flows more. What, is, what does leave mean? Love means you need to be committed. You need to be committed. We do this every time a wedding is performed. When there is a wedding that is performed, what happens? Everybody stands up there, or the husband and the wife, they stand up there, fiancés, they stand up there and they stand in front of me and I don't ask for any emotions. I don't ask for any sparks. I don't ask for any feelings. I don't ask for, give me your beautiful picture. 
Um, in fact, when people come to my office and say, hey, I want to get married, you know what my job is? My job is to get them past that wedding and get them into their marriage. <laughs> because the marriage is not the wedding. But if you really look at that wedding, what are they doing in that wedding? I will statements. I will, I will, I will, I will. And they are doing that in front of who? They're doing that in front of everybody. Why are they doing it? They're doing it for the, to set a foundation and set the grounds of being able to be vulnerable. You cannot be vulnerable without commitment. If you say, I will be vulnerable and there's no commitment, you will, you will be destroyed. See, what happens is the foundation of love is vulnerability and commitment, but if you're vulnerable with no commitment, you're completely annihilated, completely destroyed. If you're committed with no vulnerability, you're just selling yourself short because you're not going to fall in love with this piece. The foundation of love is vulnerability, but if it doesn't come with a commitment, you have just annihilated yourself completely and entirely. So look at this, Genesis 2. Therefore man shall leave his father and mother, and he shall cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. If you can leave, get committed, and you can cleave, be vulnerable, you will then become one flesh. That's one flesh that is not just statement one flesh, but that is one flesh in the process of growing together, those two growing together. But somebody comes to my office and says, all right, we're having problems with our marriage and uh, we are struggling. Um, what do we need to do? Leave and cleave is in the back of my mind, but leave and cleave is not what I give them. <laughs> and do you know why leave and cleave is not what I give them? Is because a lot of people are going into relationships that don't carry the rock of commitment. A lot of people are going to relationships that don't have that rock and that stone of commitment. So as soon as I say, okay, if you want to fall in love, you got to be vulnerable. If there is no rock in commitment, they cannot be vulnerable. And that's why people are not connected. That's why people are not in love. The thing that is completely destroyed and annihilating love for absolutely everybody in this world is lack of commitment. Because lack of commitment does not produce an atmosphere of vulnerability. And if the atmosphere of vulnerability is not produced, you won't experience love. You can't experience love. You can't experience that connection. Commitment must be there. And since we as a country and even we as a world have lost the sense of commitment, we are losing or even have lost the sense of, of love. We move more statements of, you know, well, let me, um, let's move in together. Because if we move in together, we can see if we're, we're compatible. Um, that doesn't work. Because what moving in together does is it sets the foundation of zero trust. And if you want to fall in love, you don't have that trust. You can't give yourself to that person. Or let's have sex and you start with sex. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't, it doesn't function that way. We have to set the base of commitment, which we do in every single wedding, set the base of commitment to set the atmosphere of vulnerability for the rest of your life, thinking that for the rest of your life, it is going to be good. Um, if you look at the divorce rate, the divorce rate is it's running about 50%. Um, 
I would say don't believe anybody that says the divorce rate at the churches are the same as the world because they're not. That's a, mis, that's a miscalculation. Um, religion itself keeps people together more. I'm talking about all religions itself keeps people together more than that. So the, the divorce rate of the church is not 50%, but the divorce rate for all is 50%. If you get divorced um, one time, do you know what your chances of getting divorced again is? It's 60%. If you get divorced the third time, the chances of you getting divorced is 80%. Why? Why would it get so high how much you, much you go? And the reason why is because as soon as you go to the next marriage, you can't give yourself away because you don't believe in commitment. Because the commitment base is gone. So your chance of divorce is even more. And then if you do it a third time, then you're in your mind thinking, well, we can't have commitment. And do you know what happens when you don't have commitment? You're never finding love. What's interesting is we live in a world that says, I'm not satisfied with this person, so I'll move to the next. I'm not satisfied with this person, so I'll move to the next. I'm not satisfied with this person, so I'll move to the next. And they're starving for love, and they are destroying their love barometer. They're destroying everything that they desire as they chase what they're looking for. That's why commitment and then vulnerability, and if you choose not to do that, you'll never experience, experience that love. We've lost the art of love. Number A, the depths of vulnerability can only be protected on the foundations of commitment. If commitment's not there, I can't give myself away. And that's in our marriage even as of right now. Some of us are in our marriages, but we're not connected like this. Why are we not connected like this? Because we still put up the barriers of I would say shame, the barriers of if I give myself away, that person's going to hurt me. If that person knew me, that person would not like me. If my, I mean, I'm talking about husbands and wife. If that person understood me, that person wouldn't accept me. We have those. So our relationships, many relationships, many Christian relationships are still sitting out here. They're sitting out here because they just cannot give themselves away because of why. Often it might even come from our past. Past from a father that never loved you. Past from um, a parent, a mother that rejected you. When we are children, we are so sensitive. And if we do not have the base of commitment coming from our parents, we're going to walk into a marriage at 22 years old. When we walk into a marriage, we're going to have all these issues. Well, I don't trust you. And as soon as you walk in, well, I don't trust you. Now you've, in your mind, broken the walls off of commitment. And as you've broken the walls off commitment, you can't be vulnerable. That's where many people are living. Many people are married for their entire lives, but they cannot give themselves away because they're frightened, they're scared. So commitment, it has to be there. People walk in and they say, okay, uh, an affair took place. You know, one of us had an affair. The first thing you have to do is like, okay, you have to trust. That's where we got to go. That's, that's the focus. You have to grow. You have to build this trust because you will never be in love again until that trust is built. How do you build the trust off an affair? It is very, very, very difficult because the chances of doing it again are easier. But it, you cannot have intimacy without trust. You gotta have your relationship and I trust you fully. I trust you where you're at. I trust you where you're going. I trust you won't be in love with somebody else. I trust that. And then as soon as you start trusting that, you start giving yourself away and that other person trusts it. They start giving themselves away and that's when love takes place. We don't live in that world. The world we live in is look at our mates, I don't trust you. And since I don't trust you, I can't give you myself, and we cannot have intimacy if you refuse to give me, give me yourself. So therefore, 
Let it be just challenges. Make commitments. Make deep-rooted commitments in your marriage right now. If you want to, this is a, I'll just tell you, this is an advanced class. I'm just, <laughs> so in other words, if I'm sitting here saying, okay, you guys, be vulnerable. Um, people take my words to what they want. Many people are in marriages saying, what can I get from my wife? What can I get from my husband? And I say, okay, be vulnerable. It's like, okay, what's that going to give me? And they'll do everything they can to get it, and they use it and enjoy it, but it's, it's messed up. So this is an advanced class. Just saying, right now, in your marriage, build a base. Build a foundation. This is where you want to set up. Make commitments. Because if you can make the commitments, you can be vulnerable. And if you lay consistently on those commitments, then, then, then vulnerability can take place. Make commitments. What kind of commitments in the back of your notes? Here's just some basic commitments that are just kind of, of written down. Number one, I'll, just, I'll love you unconditionally. <laughs> there's, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing that can happen. I am building a base in my marriage, in my relationship right now that this love will not break. What's that going to do if you say that? That's going to give the person permission to be vulnerable. That's going to give the permission, person permission to give themselves away. And remember, as you can be, be vulnerable, you start growing together. I will not reject you. How many words come out of parents' mouth in a fight that, you know, we'd just be better off if we weren't married. <laughs> what does that do? <laughs> Don't ever say that. What does that do? That says you will never be in love with that person because they can never be vulnerable with you because you have no foundation for them to be so. I will keep my heart vulnerable to you. Make those commitments. I will not blame you for how I feel. I will make it safe for you to be honest. See, you're just now building this huge rock, this huge foundation of love to rest on. Because this is the foundation of God's plan on how it's, it's going to work. Now remember, we are sinful individuals, and us being sinful individuals, it's not going to be easy. I'll never forget my Greek teacher. He, does, he comes up there, and he gives you all this information um, in about three days. And then he says, I have given you everything you need to know as a foundation to understand Greek. And I looked at him and says, I don't understand Greek. <laughs> and I continued to go through the class, and it was still difficult to try to figure it out, but it was the foundation of everything, and as soon as we had the foundation, I can work on it. That's what love relationship is. You build the foundation. It is a rock foundation, a rock foundation of commitment, so you can be vulnerable, and then you build on that, and then you grow on that, and that's when love will take place. But those two must happen. You must be making commitments. And number C, you must, you have to, you have to, have to, have to live by the commitments. If you make commitments and you say those words and your life does not back those commitments up, then they're still not going to trust you. Um, I got in trouble with my wife consistently when I worked at a juvenile delinquent facility. And I worked there for 10 years. And um, they would say something right to their face with emotion, right to my face with emotion, and explain something to me. It's like, I promise you, I did not hit him. And it hurts me that you think that I would. I can't understand. I thought that we were faithful. I thought we were trusted. And they sit there and they talk to me. I'm like, you know what? You're right. He didn't do it. Well, 10 minutes later, I found out that he does. Because <laughs> I look at the camera and he's sitting there beating on the guy. But he looks at me and he lies right to my face. And do you know what happened? As I started not to believe words. <laughs> I'm like, you just give me the actions. 
All as I did. You tell me anything, I didn't believe anybody. <laughs> it's a horrible thing, because then all of a sudden I started raising kids. I'm like, I don't believe you. <laughs> Why? Because I went to work and I didn't believe anybody at work. And I started observing actions. And my wife has said to me numerous times, stop observing actions. You do it too much. Believe people when they say it. I'm like, okay, I got to start functioning in that regard. But actions carry so much power, so much weight, that if you say it, if the actions follow, trust will build. And if that trust build, then you have the avenue of what? You have the avenue of vulnerability. Uh, never break commitments. If you do break, that's letter D, if you do break a commitment, um, then you got to repair it. And it is a lot of work to prepare it, or repair it. If you make a statement, I, I'm saying break a commitment with your mouth. If you make the statement, if you don't do that, uh, maybe we should be better apart than we are right now. We just don't get along. Maybe we should you know, separate. Maybe we should move. When those commitments are breaking, there is counseling. There's things that you need to do to repair it. You must, 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 must repair it because the basic commitment has, has, to, has to be there. Now, if an adultery takes place, the first thing you have to do is you have to find that, get that connected, build that trust, and to work with that trust. And it takes years, and in your marriage relationship, it's going to take a lifetime as you walk with a commitment of vulnerability. Been married for 22 years. I have to make sure that's right. It is right. <laughs> married for 22 years, and um, I'm more in love with my wife than I am when we first got married. Why? Because as we grow, we're on the base of commitment. We made statements, we will not ever leave. We will not ever break. We will not ever go out to somebody else to find our love. We will not take our emotional mind and put it somewhere else. We are trying, and we talk about that consistently. We've got to build this base of commitment. And then what happens? 22 years, it allowed us to have vulnerability. It allowed us to have trust. When I went to Africa, I love using my girls just to let you know. And I'll tell you how I use my girls in Africa. They came uh, to Africa. And in Africa, I tell you, there's um, um, a lot of distrust. Um, there's very little intimacy. And I would almost say that there's almost no love in 90% in of the relationships. So as a teacher, I said, you know, I taught them all week. I said, I want you guys to know me. And I put my daughter up right next to me. Both of my daughters are up next to me. I said, you guys can ask them any question you want to see what, um, to see who I am. Ask me any question you want. And you know what they're going to do? They'll tell you the absolute truth. I said, oh, so I know you guys are afraid to do that, so I'll just get it, get it started. And so I started asking questions um, because I knew they had a problem with this because they didn't trust their mate. I said, I am away from your mom for 10 days. Are you worried about her sleeping with another man? Are you worried about her loving another man? It's like, no, no, I don't know. What are you talking about, Dad? I'm like, no, no. But then all of a sudden, these Africans started asking all these questions. Why is she worried? Have your dad ever hit your mom? Have your dad ever done this? Have your dad ever done this? Have your dad? And they completely exposed everything that I am um, um, right there. And, but I'm all right. Because we make rock commitments. And as we have these rock commitments, one question came out, does your mom and dad ever fight? And my daughter says, yeah, they do. What do they fight about? Well, they fight about, um, they often fight about money. Did your mom and dad ever yell at each other? Well, they're not really yellers. My dad is like a, a soaker. And, and she starts explaining. I'm like, how do you know all this stuff? Are you watching this so closely? But as they're explaining everything, everything is coming out. But we can do all that because we live on a rock of commitment. And if I am exposed in front of people, 
Everybody knows, my daughter knows, and they know even, well, yeah, we argue, yeah, we do argue, yes, these things do happen in marriage, but they're standing on something else, and it's that rock of commitment, and then the next step, it allows us, it allows us to, um, to be vulnerable. So you've got to make the commitments, but then you have to live by the commitments, because if you don't live by the commitments, you'll be exposed, and your children will know it, and so, does, so will your mate. And never break those commitments. So, um, so those that have a mathematical mind, I've kind of um, got it set up um, just to speak to the math person. And I was going to put it up on screen, but I didn't get it up there in time. So mathematics. Commitment plus vulnerability is the square root of one flesh. Commitment plus vulnerability is that square root of one flesh. And it equals sex. <laughs> Commitment plus vulnerability is a square root of one flesh, and it equals sex. Now, what did I say? I say commitment, vulnerability, and get naked. You know, all those things? That's a wrong statement. The reason why it's a wrong statement is because if there is commitment and there is vulnerability, men, you will have to demand your wives to keep their clothes on. I'm not there yet. <laughs> but do you see what's happening? Do you see what's taking place? Is that if commitment and vulnerability are there, sex just comes natural because it's the celebration of commitment and vulnerability. That's the relationship. They were naked and they were what? Not ashamed. Commitment plus vulnerability is a square root of one flesh, and there's a celebration of sex. One sad part about this is the world, and some of us read it backwards. Sex equals one flesh, but you can never get to commitment and vulnerability if that's where it starts. That's the world we live in. Sex equals one flesh. Hey, we love each other? Well, we'll have sex. And as soon as you do, commitment and vulnerability is out. And if commitment and vulnerability is out, love is history. Love is gone. That's the world we live in. That is where our kids are being raised and growing up and says, do we love each other? Okay, well, since we love each other, let's have sex. And then they're having sex, and they are destroying and annihilating their lives because they will never find love because the two that make love, vulnerability and commitment, they never even get to experience it. And the saddest part about that is that if they never get to experience a commitment of vulnerability and that beautiful love, they never get to see a beautiful picture of Jesus Christ. And when sermons are preached and Jesus loves you, they don't, they don't see it. Because Jesus was vulnerable when he went to the cross. Because Jesus was committed to us. That's why he came down as a man, a homeless man, and we had no beauty to attract him to him. Completely vulnerable and complete rock-solid commitment. And he says in 1 John, you do not know what love is until you have seen that. So even our sexuality, and I will say that our sexuality is giving the world a tainted view of Christ. Is giving the world a tainted view of Christ. And also our sexuality is giving the world a complete and an entire view, and tainted view of what a relationship looks like and what love is and really even what they're starving for. 
And right now, the pornography that is going on within the children, the sexting that is taking place, people taking pictures of their naked body and sending it out, I will make myself vulnerable sexually. And as soon as I do that, I'm breaking commitment and I'm breaking vulnerable emotion. I'm breaking all that and I'm making myself hard. And that is where so many people are right now. Completely hard. And you know what? They don't want to be broken. And since they don't want to be broken, they will not give themselves to another emotionally. Why? Because they believe they will not be loved. They'll give themselves physically. All that does is that numb the pain of a lost love that they, that they could have if they did it underneath God's plan. But this is the foundation of our, our sexuality. And in that one verse, if you want, and I'm serious with you guys, if you want a love relationship to grow, even right now, you've been married 10, 20, 30 years, anchor into commitment and anchor into vulnerability. This is what we're starving for. This is what we desire. As a human being, this is what we desire. As our lives, I want my love relationship to grow. Go through the exercises to make yourself vulnerable after the commitments are made. But um, I will um, caution you that there's many people I say don't be vulnerable to in a relationship. That's horrible because they'll never experience love. But it scares me sometimes when I say, you, the wife, you need to be vulnerable to your husband. And that husband's looking at almost everything in the internet. <laughs> that husband is looking at different women. That husband is emotionally not attached. And I look at her and I say, you need to be vulnerable to her. That's deadly. You see how hard this is to even preach, to speak? Because you can't have one without the other. You must have them both. And I tell you that if you do have them both, you'll find out what love is. You'll have a love relationship between you that is the ultimate that God has planned for you.